So John Piper said, well, he was talking about the, this phrase. And I want to know if you've heard it before talking about uh, going from the text and making a beeline to the cross. People, people ascribe it to Spurgeon, but he didn't say it. Right. I that? think, I think I heard Piper say that once. And he, he was like, a lot of people say that you should take a text and make a beeline for the cross, but instead you should take the cross and make a beeline for the text. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and I think that's, even though I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I've only ever preached once, but I've heard a lot of preaching. And, uh, um, and I, I think I really like that quote from, from Piper because, you know, we all should be leading up to the sermon. We should be reminded of the cross in a lot of ways. And so with our knowledge of who Christ is and what he's done, we should then read and hear and hear preached that text uh, that's the basis of the sermon and then hear the sermon um, because mm-hmm. you do want to respect the text and not, not eisegete it for good purposes and put things in it that are not readily there. And the worst thing is when sometimes I've heard sermons where, where uh, the, the preacher is, is going on and saying about how, how all these things are connected and, and makes his connections uh, between different passages of scripture and never tells you how he got there. You're just like, oh, oh, wow, he's so good. Wow, what a great sermon. But he actually never taught. He, I mean, he, he talked about the passage, but he never taught you how to read the passage. That, that so, reminds me so of the that youth when you, pastor memes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, oh, you said it, not me. All our youth pastor friends are going to be hitting me in the chat now. Uh, the youth pastor, yeah. what was it? I stand on, or you know, you might you might stand on the rock here, but I stand on the rock in church. I can't remember the the most <laughs> recent one they had going. The the slap. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember how they twisted that. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. It was some. It was something weird. So, so I don't know. That, that's been kind of a long meandering answer to just say. Um, the sermon, the point of the sermon should be the point of the passage. And one of the strengths, one of the strengths of expository preaching is that you, you have, instead of chaining yourself down to a topic that you've chosen and having to find a passage or maybe a couple passages that you can make speak to that topic, you have carte blanche at that point to fully open that text, all of its implications and all of the other texts that speak to it or correspond with it or, uh, you know, whatever other word you want to use that are related to it and bring that all to bear for the benefit of, of the congregation that's hearing the sermon. Then not only that, it's, it's bolstered by the other aspects of the liturgy. So if you've got solid hymns that are also speaking to the themes that are in that text that you're singing, uh, as as the church as the church service is progressing toward the sermon, that's a benefit. Um, and, and like I was saying before about uh, especially the prayer aspects of the service, uh, prayers of confession, the, where the church themselves are. I tell you, man, it's legit. Uh, my church does it. Um, an elder an elder prays a prayer of repentance uh, during the service, and then uh, my pastor prays a, uh, a long pastoral prayer and within that prayer gives a, uh, um, uh, a, uh, oh, the phrase, oh, the phrase is escaping me an assurance of pardon. So we've had our time of, 
we've had our time of repentance, even though obviously we've been repenting during the week as part of our, our sanctified and being sanctified Christian lives. Uh, but it's important to, to repent and believe even on the Lord's day. Right. Uh, and so factoring, <laughs> so. factoring that into the Lord's service, the, 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 the worship service on the Lord's day um, is really nice. Yeah. I, you, kind of, you kind of get law and gospel right there. I've never been in a church that does that. Uh, I think you're missing out, baby. The last, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't been in a church that did hymns and I don't know how, now we probably do hymns modernized mm-hmm. that I just don't, that I just don't know about. Um, mm-hmm. I know recently uh, my wife and I've been listening to um, a specific playlist aimed at, at modernized hymns like uh, Shane and Shane and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost ship and and people of that caliber but as far as in in church service um and our uh our worship guy he is he's ordained and he's great dude and you can tell that he's trying and he's learning but he uh he takes it personal i think whenever someone talks about the the music and uh that's been that's that's been kind of hard on on convincing him because he's he's been given free range now i don't necessarily agree with that i think i I told you last time i was like the pastor should have control over that especially a theologically strong pastor Mm -hmm. um but the the pastor is the worship leader they get around that by uh having him ordained now i think the heart behind it all is there but i also think that there's some some theological issues with some of the songs we sing uh and we don't do any of that. It's more of an informal service. I guess it's, it's mm. what most people would say is their evening service. Oh, a little more freewheeling. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Free will. <laughs> Triggered. Free willing. <laughs> we no, do what we uh, want. <laughs> we have two campuses though. And the past couple of Sundays, we've been at a, a different campus. It's smaller. You can hear the other people singing next to you. It's That's great. Nice. And That's uh, nice. the people on stage um, at at the bigger campus, you never hear people say words like doctrine mm-hmm. and propitiation mm-hmm. and other Christianese. But at this campus, the pastor up there was talking about on uh, on Sunday, um, he pulled the gospel out of judges, which is why it was fresh on nice. my mind. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. And he was using the christianese like you don't hear it the other one and i was like man i live i need to live here this is great (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh it was great it is great you know it's another rabbit trail but the approach to the lord's day uh, planning the services of the lord's day right uh Mm. you know you've got you've got two main approaches to two different principles the normative principle and the regulative principle and it sounds like at that main campus, the normative principle is is at play. And that can be it can be harmful uh, to some to the leaders and sometimes to the congregation, too, because, like you said, if somebody's taking personal their artistic choices in planning the songs, then who's getting the glory? You know, now I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just asking I'm asking a theoretical question. Uh, if if we take it so personally, if if a certain song wasn't liked by the congregation, number one, you know, why are we picking songs that can be divisive among the congregation? We're supposed to be singing together. 
not singing uh, in opposition, right? So, so we need to be of one mind, uh, find the common denominator that we can all sing in good conscience together and sing good songs that are, uh, that are telling the truth of God, holding up, uh, holding up his attributes and causing us to, to worship him and not, you know, listening to somebody else sing, appreciating their gift, you know, uh, which can happen in some church settings where you're, we're almost watching somebody else worship and not worshiping uh, in, our own selves. Yeah. We ourselves that was are not a new revelation worshiping. for me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I, that video by Sean, um, mm-hmm. of course, I'm not going to remember his last name right now. Uh, he does defend and confirm, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he did a, a video on that, the theology of worship and, that stuck out to me. He's like, are you going to church to watch someone worship or are you going to church to worship? And uh, yeah, they're, they're really at that point, there's no difference between a Roman Catholic church and that church because they both have quote unquote worship that we're just watching. If we're mm-hmm. in the congregation, we're not participating. Um, so, so you have, you have priests in, in the, in the pews, right? Because all the priesthood of all believers, right? You have them not participating in worship in order to watch one person or maybe a team of people worship. And if, there's and not, if they are there's a difference between watch, watching a priest worship uh, right. in the Roman Catholic Church and you do nothing and just sit back and watch it. Right. And if the music's too loud and you can't hear anyone, then you're just in worshiping by yourself and yeah. it's supposed to be corporate together. Right. Right. Yeah. And, the, and these are aspects of the regulative principle. Uh, that um, these the the elements of what we do on the Lord's Day are to be commanded by Scripture. Uh, the the re- the normative principle says we can do anything as long as it's not uh, uh, as long as it's not uh, as long as we're not told by Scripture not to do it, right? So so it's um, th- there's two different that that's a that's a broader way of figuring out what you do on the Lord's Day. We can do anything as long as the Bible tells us not to do it. Whereas the regulative principle is we can only do the things that the Bible says we should do. So it's a much tighter list of, of potential things that we should do in worship. Um, and I know it, it's, it's a little polemic to say it this way, but uh, when talking about these two principles, you could say to the normative person, well, you can worship in the way that you like. I'm going to worship in the way that God likes. <laughs> yeah, and that. That makes so much sense, especially when you when you compare it to the two priests in Genesis who were absolutely destroyed. They're such a good example of of that. You know, God has the right to determine how he is to be worshipped. Right. He's God. And so um, granted, you know, the the way that worship looks now is different than the way it looked, you know, in the first century, for instance. But that doesn't change the fact that the elements are the same. You know, the word hearing the word read and preached um, communion, like the Lord's, the Lord's supper should be observed every Lord's day. When you come together, uh, as Paul says, um, baptisms should be observed in the church. Um, they should be witnessed by the members of the church, not, not done privately. Okay. That's a, an ordinance of the church. Right. Hmm. Uh, and, and so the, the truth should be read out of the out of the word of god it should be heard not only read out loud but preached as well we should sing the truth uh there's plenty of 
commandments in scripture to sing uh, and we should pray. And these are all, these are what we call the, the ministry of the ordinary means of grace, uh, mm. word and sacrament. These are ordinary things that these aren't, you know, this isn't a light show. You know, there's no gold coming through the, the air conditioning system, no, no gold flakes or, or uh, angel feathers. These are ordinary things, ordinary bread, ordinary wine or grape juice, you know, okay, whatever, you know, either or uh, <laughs> another debate for another time. But um, these are ordinary things that take that 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 take on extraordinary supernatural meaning and efficacy uh, in our in our lives, in our souls, non physicality, uh, though. Right, right. They feed our faith. You know, the substance of those things don't change, but the spiritual reality <laughs> behind them and the spiritual nourishment that the participating in them gives us is the power of them. We don't have to do a magic trick to turn a wafer into the, the literal body of Jesus. We've got something a lot better than that going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Worship is another one of my big pet topics from the last couple years. It's become, it's become something I, I enjoy studying, but it's also something that's unless your church is already doing it. And unless you've got the ear of somebody, then it's just going to bounce off dead ears. Yeah. And, and it's going to, it's going to irk you too until you can get into the place where, where they observe these things. So once, once you start, uh, once you start developing, uh, uh, a yearning for, for that kind of worship for regulative worship, if you're anywhere, but a place that, that, uh, orders their worship, according to the regulative principle, you're just going to be irked like none other. I've, I've lived that and I don't, I don't plan on going back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I feel your pain. And I feel the, your pain. I think what really ties us into it is we definitely feel called to be there. We, we love everybody there. Um, it's uh, we might not agree on a lot of things, uh, but um, I know, we know from Providence and other things that we're meant to be and to go where we're going. Uh, not, not that we were looking for a sign or anything, <laughs> just where'd you put the fleece <laughs> <laughs> casted lots. Um, <laughs> it's, it's more of just a, a calling uh, that we know we're supposed to be. I have no idea from there. I know I need to get, uh, I took a break from seminary in moving. Um, so I'm, I'm diving back into that too. And uh we just we're going to be obedient and do what we're called to do. And I, I really hope that it moves worship into something like that. Um, I was actually I've got I've got the ear of the guy who's moving. And at one point, um, just as an example, he, he wasn't he didn't like the idea of having a stage at all. Um, mm. The place we're going to be at is uh, is a place we have to set up every Saturday night or Sunday morning and then tear down Sunday night or Sunday oh. day. Gotcha. So it's going to be like, yeah, every single Sunday. And wow. uh, so I convinced him, I was like, you know, stage, maybe not call it a stage, but elevation, um, <laughs> like, not the church, not the church, elevate yourself. <laughs> um, and that's something I took from uh, Ray Comfort, actually. Um, he, he actually, did, he's doing a, he did a video series called The Way of the Master, and he discussed that a little bit. Uh -huh. Um, and 
he, he said, you know, elevate yourself so that people can hear you. It's, it's the pastor's job to take the, um, oh my goodness, to take the light off of himself and put it back on where it's supposed to be, but to elevate yourself so people can hear you and have, and you have their attention. Yeah. It's, it's and, functional, right? Not, not positional. Right. Look exactly. at me. I'm the guy on the stage. Well, it's not exactly. a stage and, and typically, you know, you're, you're being covered by a pulpit. That's why I think the symbolism of the pulpit is so important, because not only is it showing the it's in the middle of that platform to show the centrality of the word in the service, but also they're usually big enough that you're you're kind of hidden by it as the preacher. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, uh, you know, a shout out to all the guys who use either the glass pulpits or the big bistro table or whatever. You're doing it wrong. You're getting the symbolism all wrong. <laughs> Get your life together. Get your life together, man. <laughs> stop using a round table. Yeah, stop it. Get help. So I don't think we've strayed very far from <laughs> repent and believe in the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've extrapolated a little bit, but yeah, exactly. So repent and believe. And be be part of the church, right? The kingdom of the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, come to worship on the Lord's day, and you're going to see a part of that kingdom. You're you're going to see it in action, uh, and it's going to be refreshing if, if you're one of the redeemed. And if you're not, it's going to drive you batty. <laughs> Brought you know, forth, the, the, they'll be able to witness some of some of the kingdom through us, but sure, that's it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we, you know, going on, you know, it sounds a little, you know, Christianese cliche like, but, you know, we really are ambassadors of the kingdom in, in our private lives, you know? So yeah, the church comes together on the Lord's day, you know, and we meet with God and we worship and it's, it's always lovely. Um, but then, you know, we go to our, our God-given vocations during the week and yeah, we really are ambassadors for the kingdom, you know? We're, we're living out the implications of the gospel at our jobs, in our families, uh, doing the things that, that we're called to do. Um, and in those times, we get opportunities to share the gospel. And sometimes we're just, we're just uh, living, living as lights in a dark world, uh, living out the, the implications of what it means to be God's people in a fallen world. Um, and that's good, right? That's all. That's all part of God's plan for for His people, and uh, we should do it faithfully. Sure, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I love that. Share the gospel, and if you have to use words, oh boy! Ugh. All right, <laughs> I think we're done. I think, I think I saw you said you hated that. <laughs> Share the gospel, and if you need to, use memes. Yeah, eat eat well, and if you have to, chew food. Use food, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really, you don't have to Come chew on, it, Saint Francis. Force it down there. <laughs> it's just like, man, what? come on you you can't you can't just embody the gospel. You've got to tell it too. You know, what do those free will folks believe that will just God will drag them into the kingdom, kicking and screaming? Right. That's what we think, apparently. Uh, 
But, you know, it, it is funny because you can't have one without the other, right? You could have somebody who talks about the gospel all day long and lives a totally wretched life. Well, that doesn't make sense either, you know, or you could have somebody who never talks about the gospel, um, but, but lives a moral life. Well, there, there's going to be you doubt missed. about that. Right. right. There, there's going to be doubts about that person uh, because, you know, faith and works are a package deal. You know, a, a bad fruit or a, a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. You know, you can tell a tree by its fruit. Right. Oh, I had to tell my kid about that the other day. As a matter of fact, a bad tree and its fruit. Yep. Oh, man. Was that today? We're driving in the car. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he asked about marrying his. Uh, he, he was like, how can you be brother and sister in Christ and be married? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Spiritually. Yeah, you again. get to. In- yeah, you get to introduce him to categories. That's very important. Yeah. We have categories, man. Uh, he's that's he's cool. a genius. Is he nails the catechism stuff? He's eight years old, and and this might just be because when I was an eight year old, I didn't have a clue. But he's eight <laughs> years old, walking around, and uh, he walked up to this one kid. Maybe he is holy. He's, he's like, "Did you hear about the the covenant of works?" And this kid was like, "What? <laughs> the what?" <laughs> oh so he's a nerd it's great it's great yeah he'll listen to rc with us uh renewing your mind on the way because we he's got to be in the back seat with us so he'll tell he'll he'll stop us on the way he'll tap us on the shoulder hey got a question he'll he'll run his question through so that was his question that we was listening to uh cultish uh and he was like so can you what brother and sister in christ can be married i need an explanation because that's disgusting (laughs) It's great. Yeah. So oh, awesome. if I, if I could convince anyone who has kids to catechize their kids, I would suggest doing it. Oh, it's, it's a blessing to yourself. Yeah, it really, that, that would be a good time for everybody to be learning something together, you know? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Me and my wife, both. Um, I, I'm still, you know, like I said, two years in and some of these questions, as we get deeper, I'm sure there's going to be some that I don't understand or no uh or, or something like that and it's just it's great to be diving through these um i love that baptist catechism i use in my in my daily devotions i use that be thou my vision book mm-hmm. and there's a section every day to read a passage in a catechism so it, it actually prints a couple catechisms in the back i think it's westminster and heidelberg but i've been using the baptist catechism and this is the first time I've ever truly read through it beginning to end. Like I've dipped into it for different questions or, or help on a certain topic, but uh, man, it's good. Especially the 10 commandments section is so good. Yeah, really I just got good that for my birthday. Not, not the oh, book specifically that you're talking about, but the Baptist catechism. Yeah. Um, you told me to get confessional material. So of course I did. What I told everyone, I was like, I need this. Um, <laughs> and I got, so I got that. Uh, along with Pilgrim's Progress. So we're going to be going through the Baptist Catechism and the Pilgrim's Progress. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's going to be such a good time for you guys. <sighs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can go to, down to the show notes. You can find um, the Reformed Meditations social uh, links. Uh, you'll find a link to Shepherd's Cast. So you can see all of Josh's latest and dankest memes. 
uh, are, are do blog posts go up on that same page too, or is that a separate page? It, it they will. Um, I'm working they on will. one okay. right now, uh, trying to help. Those are so good defend. when you do them. Uh, oh, I always thanks. love reading them. Uh, so I want to make sure you might not it. like this one, but I hope I hope you do. You know what? Even if I disagree with you, I still like reading it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's see, I can get behind well, I that. I don't think I've disagreed with you yet, but there's always time. That's accurate. <laughs> there's always well, repent and believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So exactly. we'll see about that. What else? That, that's the most important thing we've said tonight. <laughs> that's and, it. And Jesus said it first. He did. So, repent and believe, people. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Josh. It's always good talking to you. We'll do this again soon. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.